0: Restriction supply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers Podcast with your host, Andy Holloway. Jason Moore and Mike Wright. Ah,
2: welcome in.
3: The Fantasy Footballers Podcast, Tuesday, June twenty seventh. Jason Moore, Mike Wright, Andy Holloway. Back with you. Busts and Values episode of the show today. Very excited to talk a little fantasy football
1: with my friends. Kind of what we do here. We just have a good time sitting around this table. Yeah. Making ourselves better at fantasy football.
3: Uh, and and hopefully those that listen as well. <laughs> I would yeah. hope. I would hope you,
1: you, you made that very
2: specifically about us.
1: Well, no, I'm. They are at the table with us, Mike. Uh, they are the fourth okay. person at this table.
3: Fair enough. I'm excited. It should be fun. We both, uh, or all of us, have picked out some early bust picks. I am very curious to to hear the names that you guys have prepared, and then some values, some players going late in drafts that, um. You know, I think we all look at is opportunities to strengthen a roster. And so we'll go through all of those on today's show. Here at the top, I do want to thank everybody that submitted their UDK testimonial videos. We held that Garrett Wilson jersey giveaway uh, over the last couple of weeks. A winner has been selected. I don't know if we have. Do we, do have, we have a drum roll? Do somewhere? we have some drum roll or some trumpets? I, I, I see, I, there we go
2: come on <laughs> the the that's, winner that's what we found yeah that's I, what i got on short notice yeah
3: right. yeah so the the winner of the signed garrett wilson jersey and again thank you to everybody that submitted the videos were awesome funky dan oh my gosh <laughs> we couldn't have timed uh. that up any worse Welcome to the show. Al, you acted like you were done with the pursuit of buttons.
1: I I did act that way. I could
3: see why you thought that. And you're just like, if I find it, I'm going to slam this button. (laughs) Even mid-announcement. And I
1: thought I was going to time it up perfect, but we didn't.
3: Yeah, well, you shot your shot. And Funky Dan, he was announced during the drum roll portion. Congratulations to Funky Dan uh, from Kentucky.
1: That's a good bit, though. Like to, 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 just, just <laughs> to always use the to use the drum roll right when you do the announcement.
3: Congratulations. That's uh that's pretty sweet. Uh, funky Dan. Funky Dan. Congrats. Uh Twitter at the FF Ballers if you want to follow the show over there. You can follow Mike at FF Hitman, Jason at Jason FFL. And uh you can follow me at Andy Holloway, the community. You can find that at jointhefoot.com. And uh we do have a quick question on today's show. Is this person's name colonel? W- with a K? Is that how you would pronounce this?
2: Like like a popcorn colonel? Like the No no no, like a
3: like a military
2: colonel. Yeah, but 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 has, isn't popcorn colonel spelled with a K?
3: Yeah, it is. Okay Yeah, but this is K O L O N E L like Colonel Oh, okay. Which I've never seen that before. What English language, what are we doing? You have a regular Like a regularly scheduled annoyance with the English language. Yeah, Uh, like it is what it is, Mike. I've accepted that it is what it is. Like I can't,
2: I can't do anything. Yes, we can. If we can cause enough of an uproar, podcast tirades on a fantasy show. I'm not talking about the just the podcast. I'm talking about the people. We
1: need to stand up and say we will not tolerate. Is this your political platform? C O L Kerr. Yeah. No. What is going on? I agree with you. And so this question comes in for (laughs) Colonel in Vancouver. Uh, British Columbia. Oh, that's Columbia, like a colonic. Uh, is, isn't that a colonic?
3: Uh, oh, a colonic. That's, yeah.
1: That'd be a worse name. Bonjour. Um,
3: yeah, Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, Colonel says, Excuse my ignorance, guys, but could you please explain to me how the tears work? It's my second year watching you guys and my first year as a UDK plus no, member. You. Learned a lot, but do not quite grasp
1: tears yet. So tiers are extremely important they they take linear rankings that make someone think that player x is so much more valuable than player y when really they're just about the same because they're grouped in the same tier or that player x that's right next to player y are are just as good as one another when really there's a tier break in what the upside is what the expectation is etc cetera, etc cetera. now how you use them is really a matter of knowing what players are grouped in tiers it is not sometimes people think oh if there is this if i'm in tier five at this position and tier four in that position that i have to take the position that is tier four that's not how it works uh really what what it's meant to do is it's meant to give you uh, a visual glance representation of how many players are left at this position that are about the same value so that you know, oh my gosh, I'm running out of this quality of player. And that position has a lot of the tier that we're in right now, whether that's tier two or tier eight, you just say there's a lot of these players left at that position. There's a few left at this position. Maybe I want to think about going where, uh, you know, that, that, that tier is about to run out.
2: It, it really helps cross positionally where I can look at the, you know, the, the tiers like that bucket of running backs say there's there's still four guys left in that tier. I know that I pick again in three picks. That means that I'm going to be guaranteed to get one of those running backs. Meanwhile, the tier or the bucket of wide receiver quality, there's only one or two of those guys left. So I would make the decision, I'm going to take that wide receiver and know that I'm going to get a a, a running back who's comparable at least in my rankings and projections to these other guys. It's it it helps you have a better value for return a better yeah. value for your draft pick.
3: I was going to say sometimes maybe the word tiers confuses people, but you brought it up with the language of like a bucket. Yeah. It's a grouping of players at a specific value. That's that's the best summary, right? We're, yeah. we're, we're putting them together in a group so that you understand whether you have a bunch of them left so that you can maybe wait at that position or you need to make a move on that, on that specific group. And um, they can be very, very useful. Um, tier-based drafting is what we've always recommended with the ultimate draft kit. It's why we build them out in that fashion. I mean, there are lots of different ways you can look at player rankings in the ultimate draft kit, including a top 200, but that is often produced by demand. People want the top 200. They want, you know, you've got full player projections that, that are on there, but tier based drafting is, is our recommended strategy heading into your fantasy football drafts. And so, um, hopefully that helps you out. Yep. Uh, we don't have any big news to talk about on today's show other than, you know, the headline here, a couple of, like, fantasy footballers pieces of news, which is July is Saturday.
2: Mm, and which Saturday means, is July.
3: And Saturday is July. It works both ways. And that is when we begin three shows a week.
2: Oh, man. That means which that, means the ramp-up is here. That means that training camp is... Uh, we, we can put together the little paper chain. mm and count down the days. till we have to break in with, like, random injuries and stuff like that. No, that's no, not, no that I, a...
3: let's not bring us <sighs> down. Until we can come in with unnecessary hype about players. Yeah, there we right? go. Yeah. Um, and maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll eventually know where DeAndre Hopkins and Devin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott and uh, some of those players are going. Someday. So, uh, so episodes will be Tuesday and Thursday like they are now, but also a Saturday episode starting this week. We will be off on the Fourth of July. We will on, be
2: uh, Americaning.
3: Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be celebrating the holiday with our families. So we'll be back with another episode on Thursday, but there'll be a Dynasty episode on Wednesday for the Dynasty podcast. So don't worry about it. You yep. got you're gonna have plenty of content. But yeah, three shows a week, rest of July, and then take a breath, boys. Get those smelling salts out. Five shows a week starting in August.
1: Yeah, I'm working out. I'm going to start getting my pump on, get okay. ready for the season. I'm going to need that. I'm an uh, old man You're going to need cardio. Yo, yo, you oh you yeah, in on that? That's pickleball. Okay.
2: I came across a uh, in, a Twitter account that I had never seen. I shared it with everybody here at work. Yeah. And all it does is shows classic clips of NFL games. Yeah. And I got sucked in, and I'm like, well oh, you can
3: give a oh, shout out. Tell them what I, the handle is It's try vintage, and find,
2: vintage NFL. Okay, Vintage NFL, something like that. But I just I started watching some clips and it was Man, I really <laughs> I really like football, and I'm very excited that football is back. You just watch through vintage yes. clips because you can't yep. watch live ones? Uh huh. And I mean, like they're so old that you just you don't remember everything that
3: happened. Let's see how excited Brooks is about football. Brooks, are you pretty uh you hyped? oh yeah oh that's a big one that was that was pretty good okay all right we're excited um it'll be fun i mean we we're kind of in a lull for news right now like we haven't had big player signings and um a lot of big things happening other than you know that's why everybody's paying attention to the maybe tyreek is under suspicion maybe he's not maybe he'll be charged maybe they can't charge him right um so we're kind of staying away from that till we get some some big answers but uh, Football is on the way. Let's get into the bus picks. Bus. Eggman is back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was good. Um, okay, I'm going to let one of you guys go first with your bust selection. Early bust pick for this year.
2: Somebody you are avoiding. All right, I, I will jump in. Uh, my And this one is interesting because – He's still ranked pretty high for me, but I just I don't think that he is worth the the cost of admission. I don't think he's worth the draft ticket. And it is tight end TJ Hawkinson of the Minnesota Vikings. I have him as my tight end four. He is currently going as tight end three over on underdog and on sleeper. And look at, at last year. So his actual pace as a Minnesota Viking, if you take out the final week because he didn't play the full game, it, it's okay. It's 111 receptions, which that part is great. If you're in a PPR, oh, yeah, that's
3: that's uh, Zach Ertz special.
2: If you're in a PPR league, that seems great, but only 950 yards on those catches and six touchdowns. Like I said, solid for PPR, but I think that he is being propped up because of two spike games: one when he was when he was on the Lions, and one as a Viking. And he really overperformed. Granted, he had a midseason trade. I don't know that we've seen a tight end of his you know draft caliber change teams in the middle of a season and then go on and and be be useful for fantasy football when he got traded i think all three of us were kind of like well i don't know if this is news cuz we just we haven't seen a player make a transition and then have an impact but here's the deal even giving you that that projection pace that he was on weeks 9 through 17 he was under 50 yards in 5 of 9 games he finished as a top 5 weekly tight end once. So, like, in wow. a a real impact for your team, one time. And, like, top five is not a huge bar. Now, maybe with the full off season and he gets worked in even more. But here is another piece where I am bearish uh, on TJ Hawkinson's outlook. In that same time period that I quoted, you know, where weeks 9 through 17 where he wasn't hitting real spike weeks, he's just kind of consistently putting up points. Adam Thielen, the wide receiver two for the Minnesota Vikings at that time, was averaging about four receptions, 40 yards, and .3 touchdowns per game. That is a pace of 62 for 674 and six touchdowns, 15% of the targets. That is horrific for a wide receiver two on that team. And they made some moves. They they, uh, waived Adam Thielen. They spent their first-round pick on Jordan Addison. So that mark that I gave you, right, 62 for 674, I took a look back because I think I'm going to project Jordan Addison will have a bigger impact for the Minnesota Vikings than 674 yards. And just looking at the actual hard data, over the last decade, 41 receivers in the first round, 18 of those wide receivers surpassed that Adam Thielen mark, and they were more involved, which takes action away from T.J. Hawkinson. And then if you look at the first-round wide receivers that didn't hit that mark, there was only two of them that played a full season, and those other 23 guys, they averaged 11 games. I know it's a lot of numbers, but essentially what I'm saying here, the chance of Jordan Addison beating out what Adam Thielen was doing in that time period is almost a certainty. As long as Jordan Addison is on the field, he is going to beat that out. And and whatever Jordan Addison gets, it takes away from TJ Hawkinson. So, again, T.J. Hawkinson's ranked pretty high for me, but to me it's an opportunity cost thing of I don't think he's going to be a difference maker at a onesie position and to be drafted in the fourth round or, or, or 50th overall like he is an underdog, this person has to make a difference. And if, if you want to make a difference at a onesie position, guys who are going right around that T.J. Hawkinson area, we're talking Joe Burrow, Justin Fields. Justin Herbert, like guys who I project will actually make a big difference at a onesie position. And I'm just, I'm not into what TJ Hawkinson is doing at that draft price.
3: You want a compelling case for a tight end you take in the fourth round to be able to be the one overall or the two overall,
2: which he was the number two overall. But as Jason has pointed out many times in his, uh, what you're showing your concern for Travis Kelsey's ADP is tight ends just as a group. The, the scoring was very, very subpar. It was very low, well, and that had, and Hawkinson just snuck into the tight end, too.
3: Well, yeah, Mark Andrews was injured throughout the year. Darren Waller didn't play football, um, and George Kittle missed time. And Kyle then, Pitts was hurt yeah, for over so, half the year. So my, my point is, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I want to have a stronger case for a player drafted in the fourth round at tight end to be in that. I mean, we're all going to have him ranked there. Mm-hmm. And we'd all draft him if he was an eighth-round draft pick. Yes. Yep. But it's all about – so to to make the point, what a bust represents for us in fantasy here is not that the player can't perform to the standards of our projections. It, you know, you're not predicting that TJ Hawkinson has a statistical disaster of a season. Correct. What you're saying is that, that even if he hits these marks to be the tight end four like we haven't projected, spinning a fourth-round draft pick is not going to make as much of an impact on your team – as investing that maybe on a player like, look, there's cases for Justin Fields and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert to be the number one overall quarterback or the number two overall quarterback or other players at different positions in that round. He's just being propped up so severely.
1: Yeah, I mean, the gap. we, We talked just earlier about the tiers and the buckets of these similar type of players. I don't know that there is a massive difference between Dallas Goddard at TJ Hawkinson or Darren Waller, you know, if Darren Waller ends the season with more targets, yards and touchdowns than TJ Hawkinson, I'm not shocked. And if that happens, you're getting him in the eighth round versus spending a really high draft capital pick on someone that if you grab Hawkinson in the fourth round, he has to perform in weak winning fashion. And and Mike, I think the most telling stat was that in his time with the Vikings even though he accumulated a lot of stats he did not win you weeks it, it just what one top five performance yes. it, he was
2: the number one so yeah, like, that was a good like, one it was it was a good week TJ Hawkinson has that in him because he did it twice this past season when he was with the Vikings it was week 16 against the Giants 109 and 2 but I mean you gotta have you gotta have you need more of those <laughs> you, well and, and then just one and, and you didn't bring his name
3: up but KJ Osborne over the last four weeks of the year he had a 117 yard game 157 yard game with 16 targets he put up the same stat line that Thielen did essentially over the course of the year so you do have the possibility of him um you know based on what they've been talking about in Minnesota he's 26 years old like he he's going to be involved in this offense it's not all going to be you know Addison and no Osborne right. so there will be distribution around that offense, and there is some risk there with Hawkinson. So, um you know, there are times in which we've been bullish about TJ Hawkinson, or Jason has been a big uh, supporter in previous years because of the value. But right now, he does seem very high. Like, yeah, you have shares expensive. of him in best ball? I have one share of him in best <laughs> ball. Stupid auto draft.
1: All right, Jason. um Yeah, look. Give me me your bus pick. I'm going to give you my bus pick, and people are not going to like it. And I'm going to tell you straight up I don't like it. I hate bringing this up. This is a player who's extremely talented. He is super young. He is super athletic. He is everything that I target in fantasy football, and I am not targeting him. Specifically, I'm talking about last year's rookie sensation, Kenneth Walker, the third running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He was awesome. Last year, when thrust into the starting role with Rashad Penny injured, he was talented in college. He was talented in the NFL field, and we know he can get the job done. And if at the end of this year he ends up being a bell cow and being awesome, I'm certainly not gonna I'm not gonna be uh you know surprised because he obviously can do that. In fact, um, our early running back rankings show that we did on the fantasy footballers for this coming season, we had him. As our running back six, that is the level of upside that we see in the talent of this player. The problem is, right now, he's being drafted as a top 15 running back, and in the second round, Pete Carroll had to ruin our nice, fun things and draft Charbonnet, Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA, a I believe a sensational uh, running back, a very... Sensational. Uh, very multifaceted, talented, big-bodied, pass-catching, pile-moving back. And, super positive reports out of uh, OTAs. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a good – both these guys are good players, and this is good for the Seahawks. I think that those two guys are going to be incredible one-two punch because Kenneth Walker last year, he had a ton of big plays. I mean, he, you know, his he had 17 runs of 15-plus yards last year, and that's really where all of his fantasy juice came from, where those – those big plays because on a play-by-play basis he was actually pretty negative you know he wasn't always a positive gainer it's kind of like Saquon where it's like you deal with a bad play bad play bad play in order to get a 25 yard uh you know big uh moving play the the issue I have is that where fantasy points are scored are usually in the red zone in the you know scoring touchdowns and in the passing game getting those PPR, those half PPR points, they are those two plays are worth so much more than just a handoff that goes for yardage and yardage alone. And that's my fear for Kenneth Walker because Zach Charbonnet is a big-bodied back who can move a pile. And big B. And when they get down by the goal line, I mean, last year, Kenneth Walker was the only player in the NFL to receive all of their team's carries inside the five-yard line. And he converted that into only two touchdowns. That's not necessarily his specialty. And I could see them saying, hey, let's get the big body back. Let's get the BBB in here and have him inside the five-yard line. So if you take some touchdowns away from Kenneth Walker, (laughs) that's that's really bad. And then Zach Charbonnet is a really good pass catcher. So if now Kenneth Walker's not involved in the passing game and he's not involved in the red zone, I think you're going to have big plays. Kenneth Walker's too good. Like, he'll have – games where he's awesome because he rips off a 55-yard touchdown run. 55! Thank you. Um, the the issue is, will it be consistent? What happens in the games where he doesn't have a big touchdown run from outside of the red zone? Will will he end up with eight fantasy points? Probably not. I mean, it, you know, this is, if he's, if he's splitting time, not catching the ball, and doesn't score a touchdown, I think you're going to have a lot of games where you're going, he's got... 70 yards on the ground he was efficient he had a good game and that's seven fantasy points if he didn't catch the ball and he didn't score touchdowns and so right now to be drafted in the top 15 I've got him at running back 22 in my personal rankings I just think he's he's a little he's a little scary to me
3: he played 15 games last year and was the running back 16 in terms of fantasy finish and he didn't get a lot of opportunities in those first few weeks you can kind of throw those out and he was he was electric he was great this is one of those situations where you brought up some of these points earlier in the offseason and unfortunately they persuaded me to lower him in my rankings. I wanted to really dig in because when talent is there and you see it on the football field like there was a part of this past offseason where I'm like is he the you know pre-draft is he the best target at running back in dynasty leagues? Like he should should he actually be considered number 1? Mm-hmm. because of just the talent that he possesses, because you went into this season saying he's going to be just the guy. But if Charbonnet's strengths are the things that are strong for fantasy, it is a, it's a scarier proposition to rank him that high. Is there a possibility he's a steal? I think so. But that'll come more down to, you know, are they happy with Charbonnet on third down? Does he do what we think he can do on third down? Will he pass protect?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I will I will say, Mike, you've brought this up in uh, favor of Kenneth Walker, and this is good information to keep in mind. If you you know, look, if you want to just bet on Kenneth Walker's talent, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, back in the day, there was um, when when they drafted Rashad Penny and they spent yeah, the first a round first rounder. You had Chris Carson as the incumbent, and before Penny got injured, when Penny was a rookie, it was the Chris Carson show. They did not use Rashad Penny very much. Uh, through those you know first ten weeks or so, they were they were using Chris Carson as the bell cow. So they're... who knows what happens last year? <laughs>
3: yeah, that if is Rashad if, Penny, if Penny didn't get, get hurt. hurt yeah. I mean, you've got both cases where where they stuck with Carson because health was there, and then you have Penny went down and Kenneth Walker. I mean, we were here last off season. Yeah, and this was not a backfield we wanted to mess around with because you knew you know Rashad Penny was injury prone and Kenneth Walker's a rookie, and we had just seen the rookie not get an opportunity. So. You know, part of it to me is also Kenneth Walker got hurt twice last year. He went into the season hurt. He got hurt in the end part of the year. They've been dealing with injuries. We saw Dallas or uh DJ Dallas and um who's Travis Homer, Homer. and I mean players that don't get shouldn't have had that many snaps. And so that makes it a little bit nerve wracking and it, it just I haven't had the fortitude to stick to my guns because I believe what you're saying.
2: So he's he's interesting as I think we've laid out a good case here of, of he, he could go either way. And so it'll be up to the, you know, just drafter's choice of do you believe in Walker? You could be heavily rewarded or you could be heavily penalized. I think Jace is just saying that the way that he's looking at that situation, he's going to choose to to let someone else either get the glory or uh, hold
1: the bag. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be drafting more Charbonnet than I will be Kenneth Walker because I think both guys are talented, so give me the one with the opportunity for fancy points. Quick break, and then we'll be back with my bus pick. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Some things may seem small at the time, but when you keep them inside, when you keep everything bottled up,
0: And replacement cost coverage comes standard. That means damaged items are repaired or replaced, even if they cost more today than they did when you bought them, which could put your wallet at ease to tap the banner or visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restriction supply.
3: All right. I am going to go with a quarterback as my early bust pick here. And um I guess I'm a little bit – I I root for this guy. But I I do wonder if we may be moving to a different stage of his career. And it's Dak Prescott. Boom. Boom. Mike doesn't like it because he has Dak ranked at number seven. He's being drafted as the quarterback nine right now in in sleeper. And Jason and I have him at 12. And he's turning 30 this offseason. The biggest red flags to me on Dak are connected to the things that kind of made him impervious in fantasy in previous years. One of them being he just doesn't run the football the way that he used to run it. First three years, he had six touchdowns every year. The last four years, it's been three, three, one, one. He averages 13 yards per game rushing the football. Those were some kind of cheat codes to keep him in the top six, top seven. He's had some catastrophic catastrophic yeah. injuries that have led to that. Um, I look at his, his, his career uh, stats right now, and you see the pass attempts per game have gone down three consecutive years for Dak. There was a time when this defense wasn't very good, and the offense was very, very good when Amari Cooper was there and Dak was throwing the ball all, all over the field. So the attempts per game are coming down. You have a change in offensive coordinators all of the enthusiasm you guys have shared repeatedly about Kellen Moore going to the Los Angeles, his depart. If his presence in LA means something, then his departure in Dallas means something, regardless of whether you're happy or sad with Brian Schottenheimer and Mike McCarthy's come out and said, look, we want, want to run the football more. Well, why do you want to run the football more here? Here's why. because, he had a career-high 15 interceptions last year, and he did it in only 12 games, and he put two more into the opposing team's hands in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's not great.
3: Along with some fumbles. He had 19 turnovers in 13 games.
1: Yeah, it was pretty bad. And a lot of those were, like, you watch film and you go, what the crap was that? Just <laughs> uh, terrible.
3: Exactly. And, and when you have a defense that is as exquisite as Dallas's defense, turnovers like that, they just – they destroy your team because you believe you can win the game with very little, with some efficiency on offense. And so, you know, we're not we're not in the days of the number one ranked uh, offensive line. I mean, it's fluctuated a little bit uh, over the past handful of years. You don't have Zeke there, and I know that Zeke was on his way out. But what happens if something happens to Tony Pollard? Are do you have something in the running game to threaten? defenses don't say Ronald Jones's name I was gonna say you were gonna say his name (laughs) just
2: just because it's
3: funny to say I mean just think about Dallas's offense if you take efficient running game of Tony Pollard out of it and you put it all on Dak, your play action pass game which is something that you know they've been able to take advantage of like I think Dak finishes at 12 the problem is, is that's like you know, that's not what I draft in fantasy football is a player to end up at twelve. That's like late career Matt Ryan. That's like late career Phillip Rivers throwing all of those interceptions. So there's a lot of red flags to me with Dak's game, and like I won't be shocked if next offseason we're talking about him the way I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. But if we're talking about him in the way that we talk about Russell Wilson right now.
0: Mm. Which yeah, would not make a lot of people
3: nice happy. I know.
1: I don't think Dak's personality would allow us yeah. to treat him that yeah, way. Dak, Dak Dak's, is a good, young, Dak's good human.
3: But year 33, Russell Wilson, we saw the wheels fall off in
1: perf- in performance. Yeah, I'm just saying we're not going to talk about him the same way. You're because- saying
3: because we, we, we have more of an active... Uh, dislike
1: yeah remember the danger witch (laughs) so I don't I don't think Dak's doing that Dak's a cool guy Dak's
3: a great guy yeah and I'm I look I want I think he can be very successful for the football team but I don't think the things that he needs to do to get there are going to help your fantasy team like they could be a 13 14 win team again but Dak could also do that with efficient one to two touchdown a game, you're probably not getting it on the ground, and that's not going to get it done for fantasy. So I think, you know, even though he's going in the eighth round, when you're making a decision on a quarterback, again, just like the TJ Hawkinson argument, I want to have a case in my mind as to why this player is going to have an exceptional season. Now, Mike, you've held your tongue because I think you have him ranked where you do because you you recognize Brandon Cooks represents something to the offense. Yep. Michael Gallup represents something to the offense being healthier. Now he does lose his safety net, which look is uh, has been very important to him with Dalton Schultz being gone. So I am concerned there too. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I totally get
3: that. That that saves him from a lot of interceptions.
2: But it also is like, I think they just need someone who is capable. I mean, before Dalton Schultz, you know, it was it was Jason Witten at the very end of his his career. Uh, you know, I, I had hoped it was gonna be Blake Jarwin, but then it was it was Dalton Schultz and like, More like w- fake Jarwin. Hey who got him. Uh when when, uh, when Dalton Schultz broke out, it was Oh, well how's that gonna do? He's now he has this Dalton Schultz guy. Like, you oh, talk no, about Dalton Schultz like he's an insurance salesman that lives next door. I think Is that Dalton, what you think of him? I think Dalton Schultz is a fine football player. I don't think he is a difference maker. So if you have like if Jake Ferguson is I think he'll be just fine, or if it's the Schoonman, I think it will be. School they'll man. be just fine, no matter, uh, it, no matter what happens, because they're just, they're just running seams just u- up the just field. Just a
3: utility guy. huh? Yes, poor Dalton.
2: Well, All right,
3: um, let's move on.
1: Values.
3: All right, I think uh you you know the UDK we we have a bunch of consensus picks, sleepers breakouts, busts, values, players that we we've fe- put into those categories that uh you can target or stay away from. To me, values are my favorite. Mm. Uh we we talked about on the Sleeper show that like you can't hide anymore. And so I think that world of um completely out of nowhere names is is kind of gone. It's more like uh, kind of a value argument in the sleeper category at times. We try to go really deep, you know, Jalen Warren and those guys, but the value picks to me, it's like, there are categories of them. There are, sometimes there's older players that like their age, like they just can't get moved up in ADP. Like I think Kenan Allen's in that category this year where it's like, yeah. like the laws of physics don't allow him to get past the fourth round. Like that's, Not allowed because of the age, and we saw that with Frank Gorin years ago, and uh, probably Adam Thielen two years ago was that way. Sure. And so that's like a category of value, and then there are players that emerge into new roles, and we just don't know what they're going to do, so they're an unknown value. But Jason, are you going to go first here, or was it Mike? Uh, The order was Mike. I am happy to go first. Mike Mike might as well go first because –
2: because I'm on my own over you're, here. Because you're
3: you're kind of on your own rankings wise.
2: Yes, I have this player ranked uh, much higher than everybody else. Uh, you guys have him ranked below ADP, and it feels bad. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Oh, it feels, Jason feels like, fine. No, but Jason is. is it's it, kind of against Jason's my brain. Jason's a lifelong truther. Yeah. Of Rashad Penny, running back now for the Philadelphia Eagles, as Jason makes a note. Yeah, got to gotta move him. Got to move Rashad Penny up. And here is my case for Rashad Penny being a value on the field. Rashad Penny is as Tony, the tiger would say, great. He is great over his past 16 games played. He is averaging over six yards per carry for his career. It is 5.6 since the year 2000. Only six times have we ever seen a running back with a hundred plus carries Average over six yards per carry. Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, C.J. Spiller's magic year, Dobbins, his rookie year, Alvin Kamara, and Rashad Penny. Health is the entirety of the conversation for Rashad Penny. Uh, And last year, right, Miles Sanders was their guy. He, he He was their bell cow running back. Going into last year, Miles Sanders had his own health concerns. The two previous seasons, he had appeared in only 12 games. That's it. Back-to-back years, 12 games for Miles Sanders, and that did not stop Philadelphia from giving him 70% of the running back attempts, the 11th highest mark at the running back position. Miles only saw 26 targets. Like Rashad Penny, pass catching, just it hasn't been in the profile as a professional. But Miles only saw 26 targets. And yes, the targets, they keep the ceiling higher and they keep your floor higher as well miles was pretty hot and cold but at the end of the year it was still over 1200 1200 rushing yards 11 rushing touchdowns and he finished as the running back 13 so for a ninth round pick the potential of seeing 200 plus carries which i think rashad penny can hit that and double digit targets it's it's super alluring, alluring. and yes you have the deandre swift into the mix to me deandre swift is more of the philadelphia eagles just Taking a chance to see if anything is there, and Swift to me profiles more as uh, a threat to to Boston Scott or Kenneth Gainwell of of that type of a role. I think that should the team move forward with everybody who's on the on the team, I think that Rashad Penny should be the heavy favorite to be the the two down grinder, and which on the Philadelphia Eagles, that's a lot of touchdown upside in the, on a very high powered offense.
3: I'm not willing to uh, move him until I get into camp. And that's fair because I think that this team likes Kenneth Gainwell. I I believe that there's a there was a loyalty to Rashad Penny in Seattle that we don't we haven't witnessed yet in uh Philadelphia. It was certainly a flyer by them, right? I mean this that I believe that the flyer they took on Rashad Penny is similar to the one that they took on DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Right? This is not a long-term deal. Finger fracture, knee sprain, hamstring, ACL preseason knee, calf strain, hamstring strain, groin strain, tibia fracture. Oh, yes. The, the that mids, is, um, the that's that's the last four years for Rashad Penny. So um, I, I, I take some issue with the thought that I don't injuries. Get what you're, what's your point? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, it's all lower body. His hands have been. Oh, no, finger fracture. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but the, I take a little issue with the idea that injury is the only thing because I don't know where this team is going to lay things out. I'm more than willing to move him. If we see camp and it's like, okay, he's, he's taking all the reps. Like this is a camp battle I want to watch because, you know, some of these, uh, backfield committee battles are on teams that I don't care who wins it. Sort of Philly's a team I kind of care about. You mentioned the miles Sanders numbers last year. So if, yeah. And, 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 uh, Kyle's pointing out that Kenneth Gainwell is really good in the playoffs and it's true. Like, um, uh, I, I think that that's a possibility that Kenneth Gainwell gets more play. So, um, you know, the numbers that Penny's put up when he's played and gotten dedicated opportunities have been outrageous. That's all I meant with, but he clearly is overextending his body. He's running too hard. Why go six fast. to carry when you yeah. could go five and maybe stay healthy?
2: I'm saying health is the only conversation to me of, uh, of, like Rashad Penny is a great player. It's not like, yeah. well, you know, he's been okay here. And there. No, he's when he's on the field, he is incredible, but I mean, granted, it's been very well, limited about, when
3: we've seen him on the field. Think about the range of outcomes in a dynasty league on Rashad Penny right mm-hmm. now. hmm Okay? Because there's there's every chance that if an injury happens or he's just not the guy, you're done. That's it. Rashad Penny's career is not going to reemerge after this season if he doesn't produce in Philadelphia. Right. Or if he gets injured again. It's over. Yeah. Like, it's just, you're, you could just slide him off the roster. I mean, he's not going to get, if he gets signed, he's going to get signed in some capacity that it's like, it's Trey Sermon's career now,
1: or it could be the dude who's four, ironically on the same team with fourteen hundred yards and ten rushing touchdowns and get a get a contract somewhere because he has he has been great. And I w- I would agree with Mike that if and DeAndre let, Swift
3: is going four rounds ahead of Rashad Penny,
1: yeah, it, it, I I would much rather take the shot on Rashad Penny. Um, if all of the backs in Philadelphia are healthy, I think Rashad Penny is the best one.
2: Yeah and that's and that's what my argument comes down to is uh like the, yeah the the contract in R- Rashad Penny is not it's not a big investment the, so for both Swift and Penny the team is not really in but you could i mean kind of for the rest of the team as well even though you know Gainwell has more team equity like they like the guy he's been on the team for a few years but just there's, there's no real contracts that you can look at and go, that guy's going to for sure get it because he's getting well, the, the millions of dollars. It's
3: one of the reasons, like right now, I have a projected for them all to get it, which means that none of them get it in the way that matters to me because Jalen Hurts is going to score 14 times or 10 times or 12 times around the goal line, and the other guys will be, you know, there's Boston Scott's still a part of this offense. Sure. He's still got red zone carry. So camp, though, could really move that around for me. And Penny is certainly very, very talented. So, Jason, bring up uh, uh, this
1: name. Oh, it's a guy. A I year just, late. Yeah, a year, a year late. Or two actually, years late. Actually, years uh, late. Right on cue with this guy last year on this show. <laughs> he was my bust pick this show last year. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's, that's really <laughs> excellent. <laughs> <Okay>. Excellent work <laughs> over right. there. Yeah, that's yeah. a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> there there's the Now big we got it so oh you, boy like you have to like raise the volume of your voice to try and talk yes. over the drum roll perfect wow well done um yeah Deontay johnson is uh, i think a great value this season last year i thought he was a bust he was going well he was a bust in, 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 you thought it and he was yeah he, he was going way too high for a rookie quarterback to come in and to be able to support you know he was like a third fourth round pick last year people love Deontay Johnson uh 70 percent of rookie quarterbacks failed to support a top 36 wide receiver and last year Deontay Johnson finished as the wide receiver 39 he did that he just needed one touchdown yeah and he would have been top 36 he would have but he couldn't because Kenny Pickett didn't know how to throw touchdowns yet thankfully nobody taught him coming into year two here's what I know for a fact an absolute ironclad fact he will not throw a worse touchdown rate Kenny Pickett will not there is can't no throw any rates he, you you can't throw as few a touchdowns per passing attempt as he did last year he won't be allowed to play football if that happens um and and historically sophomore quarterbacks take a big step up in that specific category. Touchdown throwing is something that is not easy for rookies coming into the NFL. You saw it with Trevor Lawrence, just abysmal touchdown rate his rookie season, his sophomore year, he's throwing league average touchdown rate. So, I don't think Kenny Pickett is a star. He's not Trevor Lawrence, but he will throw a much better touchdown rate. If he gets even near league average, you're talking about success for Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson had 147 targets this last year. He earns targets. He is a great route runner. He is one of only eight wide receivers in the NFL to hit a 23% target share each of the last three seasons. And that list—it's—they're good. Your Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, and. Deontay Johnson, so you know he's going to get the targets.
3: Yeah, 140-plus, three straight years.
1: Touchdown variance is massive. We talk about touchdowns not being a sticky stat, and it really isn't. You look two years ago, Jacoby Myers was Deontay Johnson. Jacoby Myers had so many targets. It was like 124 targets, had almost no touchdowns. Well, he's not a touchdown-scoring guy. Well, no, that's not true. He's an NFL wide receiver, and last year in only 14 games, he had six touchdowns. With Mac Jones coming into, uh, you know, not his rookie season. That's what's going to happen for Deontay Johnson. So, to me, I think his baseline, I mean, we saw it, right? Last year, is a wide receiver, 39, with a rookie quarterback. And he's being drafted as the wide receiver, 34. So, he's being drafted around what his baseline is. If he got six touchdowns, like Jacoby Myers did, in, uh, which I think is reasonable. He did that in 14 games. You're talking about a top 20 wide receiver. He would have he been ahead of a lot of names that we really like you know ahead of DJ Moore he would have been ahead of Chris Godwin last year if the touchdowns came so the way that I view him as a value is look if you're in a PPR league half PPR he's a really safe pick because of where he's being drafted you're basically getting his floor you're drafting a player at his floor and he's not going to score zero touchdowns that just doesn't Happen. It was an NFL record he set this year. You don't just do that back to back years. And if you remember last year, there were there were those crazy plays, just like with Jacoby Myers the year prior, where it was like it's gonna happen. He's on his way to the end zone, and then right at the one yard line, it doesn't happen. So to me, it's just a matter of you're in a better situation. Chase Claypool is now gone. Uh, he he, his targets are assured. His quarterback will be better. The offensive line is improved he's good if the touchdowns come it's just a great value
3: it's pretty difficult to find 8.6 targets a game in the seventh round exactly and so you know when you think about situations for your fantasy team maybe in the seventh round this is a player you'd start if you're drafting in a three wide receiver league if it's a two wide receiver league this is a luxury for your bench where bye weeks opportunities injuries you get to put 8.6 targets a game onto your team i mean that is, um. That's a luxury, right? You, you, it's a value. I mean, okay. All right. It's a well value. Well Thank done. you, Mike. Yeah, I mean, because the other option is a lot of these other players going in that range are going to be boom or bust. They're going to be very, um, you know, deep threats, minimal targets. Do they, you know, at Donovan Peoples-Jones or something where, you know, the target is, chair for Deontay Johnson is going to be huge.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a fourth-year wide receiver going into his fifth year in the prime of his career, 27 years old. And if he gets eight targets a game, the over the last decade, there's been 12 wide receivers that average eight targets a game in year four and year five. Every single one of them, top 20 wide receiver in year five.
3: The hardest part for me last year was that it's what you already know, but Deontay's a great player. This was the number nine overall fantasy finisher the year before. He had over 100 receptions. He was... Um, and I think we got kind of blinded by, or I got blinded by, look, Big Ben wasn't good, but he was really good for Deontay. And so uh, Kenny Pickett couldn't do it. Couldn't get him eight touchdowns, seven touchdowns, five touchdowns. One like touchdown. Previous three years. One <laughs> touchdown. Couldn't even get him one. All right, the name I'm going to bring up is my value pick as a player I wanted to talk about. Um, Samaj P. Ryan, running back for the Denver Broncos. Uh, this is almost a tenth round draft pick. Um very, very end of the ninth round right now on sleeper. Uh that puts his ADP as the running back thirty nine, which means that both of you guys, even though you have him ranked below me, are still above ADP. Jason at thirty six, Mike at twenty six. Yeah, I'm in. Um I am taking the leap. I have him at twenty one. For some and you say Samaj P. Ryan, this was a player that we pretty much bemoaned every opportunity he ever had in Cincinnati because it represented not Mixon. And in the fantasy world, Mixon had the draft capital and was on every roster. And Samaj Perine Ryan just represented a snap goblin, except for he was good. Yeah. And we really were frustrated by the fact he ended up on third down all of the time. But what Samaj Perine Ryan is known for is strength in passing situations. That's why they did it. He has a lifetime uh, catch percentage of 85.6%, and he was brought into Denver with a purpose by a brand-new head coach and Sean Payton that has a history of utilizing running backs well, especially in passing situations. He had 46 receptions last year. Do you guys realize that? I did not. I do now. <laughs> 46 in Cincinnati last season. Since he kept using him on third down. And that is, you just brought it up with Charbonnet. That is a very valuable down for fantasy football. We do not know where Javante Williams' health truly is. And that will play a factor. But I think Samaji Pirine is being massively, massively overlooked. And I brought it up in the context of Alexander Madison, where it's like the career numbers for Alexander Madison on a yards per carry basis are not as good as what Samaji Pirines are. And I'm not saying that Madison shouldn't be ranked higher than Perine. If you like Madison and you like that opportunity, go for it. But Samaji Piran, the gap between them is insanity to me because if we go into the season under Sean Payton in this offense where we saw Latavius Murray have value last year and other relative bums in this backfield, Samaje Piran is going to have every opportunity to be a high-value guy, and Sean Payton's come out and talked about him. You know, his quote, and uh, this is quoting Sean Payton, if you watch Piran, you study the tape, you see him on early downs, you see him play third down, he's a great receiver. Obviously, he could block the blitz. He's big, he's physical, he's smart, he's tough, he's built to last.
1: So I Dura think last. <laughs> it, was, it was in my head. It was in everybody's Duran. head. If you were listening to this, he's built to last. they yeah. last. I mean, they've done, they did some good work they, there. It's uh, good branding work. Yeah, for sure.
3: So, I, and they've made investments on the offensive line. So I think that, you know, when you talk about putting Russell Wilson in a position to succeed, it's going to come through the bread and butter of what Sean Payton has done well over the years. And, and we're going to know more in camp. Like this is another situation you've got to watch. I'm sure that, um, Jason won't have him at 36 if we find out Javante Williams is missing four games to start the year or something like that. But m- maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to no, speak that. No, that's, that's
1: probably right. I've got him at 32 and 36, respectively, Javante, slightly ahead of Samaje. But you're right. I mean, if you knew that, that Javante was starting on the pup, then obviously the, those numbers would change. And I would say that one of the best bets over the last several years in fantasy football for draft season – is bet against the guys that are injured and and in so doing yeah the guys that are going to get the opportunity are great bets so th- this is and probably I, a value i just want people to understand like weeks 11 12
3: 13 yes. and 14 last year Samaj P Ryan was the running back 2 10 7 and 22 He's he also good. he also outsnapped joe mixon 43 to 23 in the afc championship game against kansas city there is a lot of confidence in Samaj P. Ryan among the coaching circles that is clear and I think we just disliked him because we put him in a category of that's just a backup that's all he'll ever be that's to be frank that's what I've done with Alexander Madison makes it harder to get on board now I could be proven wrong and I could be proven wrong here by Samaj P. Ryan but I don't think Javante Williams is ready to take a a decent workload and I think even when he's ready to come back if you give third down to Samaje Perine and and some other opportunities, he'll be fine. Well, it
2: Sean Payton has historically used multiple running backs. So like when Camara was doing his damage, Mark Ingram was there, and Mark mm-hmm. Ingram was also a, and he was the
3: main guy good. in terms of carries.
2: Yeah, the, I mean the to me, you know the the difference here of Samaje Perine's ADP versus Madison's is if if Javante is healthy, Javante is the the starting running back he is the one a or just the overall number one so that's that's the old that's the difference here between those two players is madison is set up to be the starter and but this the, is i mean this is fantastic news for like i've been celebrating for last for i've been <laughs> celebrating that alexander madison is finally getting his opportunity so Maje p Ryan was like that guy for me i mm-hmm. i i would when it was draft season it's like, this guy's really, really good. And then he unfortunately got drafted to a Washington team that had no idea what they were doing back then. And he just kind of, the, the beginning of his career ended up getting wasted. Goes to the Cincinnati, kind of recovers his value. And, and I think he has a opportunity. you know he had huge a, lost, opportunity. a lost year in Miami, too? It
3: really seemed I like I did he, not even remember that. He had a lost year in Miami where he had a total of five
1: opportunities in seven weeks. Really seemed like you were saying he had a bad drinking problem. <laughs> Wait, wait, he said that? It was wasted? Yeah, he's like, "Oh, no. he goes there he gets no. wasted." No, no the, drink,
3: the drinking oh, that, problem uh, yeah. was was
2: Washington. Yeah. But this is their a, management.
3: Yeah, uh, and this has been tweeted by our main account, but in 13 of 16 seasons, Sean Payton's Saints offense has finished with top finished top 5 in total running back fantasy points 13 yes. to 16
2: years. Yeah, Sean Payton and running backs is his fantasy gold. So,
3: yeah, it'll be, you know, it, it is a a bit of a I don't know, a later career prime for Samaje P Ryan that we might be seeing here soon, but he's he's established himself as a value and um forty six receptions last year is is
2: wild. So uh yeah, a, for for both of these, like P Ryan and Rashad Penny, it's trying to get out in front of it. Like if if you are drafting right now, you know, we don't have all the information, so this this is how we are projecting these players. Once camp news comes out and they're saying, oh man, Javante is not on the field. P Ryan's ADP is going to go up. The same for if the Eagles can't. Rashad Penny's out there getting all the first team work. His ADP is going to skyrocket. So we're kind of bringing these guys up right now. So if you are drafting right now, I think that, and I like P Ryan. Both of these running backs to me are worth the 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 late round gamble investment. All right, that is going to do
3: it for today's episode of the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Reminder: check out the Ultimate Draft Kit. The Draft Analyzer launches on Saturday for the UDK+. Plus. So another big feature hitting the UDK. You can find out about everything that's included in the Ultimate Draft Kit at ultimatedraftkit.com. It will be the number one tool you can rely on to prepare for your fantasy drafts and give you an advantage over your league mates. Thank you once again for joining us. We'll be back with another episode on Thursday.
2: Until then, stay safe, everybody, and we'll see you then. Goodbye.
1: Built to last. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Join our fantasy football community on jointhefoot.com and follow us on Twitter at the FFBallers.
2: Hey there, Foot Clan. Still listening? I'd like to take this brief moment to invite you to become a part of the world's greatest fantasy football community, the Foot Clan. By supporting the show at jointhefoot.com, you get access to exclusive episodes every week, access to a thriving community of 30,000 plus like-minded fantasy football players, and access to special tools to help you win each week. Learn more at jointhefoot.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.